From the brains behind Brains On, it's Smash Boom Best. The show for people with big opinions. I'm Molly Bloom, and this is Smash Boom Best, where we take two things, smash them together, and ask you to decide which one is best. Today's debaters are taking on two tasty treats that I would never turn down. In fact, they're pretty good together. It's chocolate versus cheese. Now that is a hard question. I really like cheese, but I think that chocolate has to win because it's really a treat. My favorite is cheese. Cheese might give you protein, but chocolate's delicious. Need I say more? One of the kinds I like is smoked cheese and um, soft cheese and stinky cheese. Chocolate. It makes me feel better when I'm sad. (laughs) How could you ever decide between two foods so scrumptious, decadent, and comforting? Thankfully for me, this culinary conundrum is entirely up to our judge, Paige. Hi, Paige. Hi, Molly. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for being here today. No problem. We thought that you would be the perfect judge for today's debate because you are a very skilled baker. So I want to know, how long have you been baking? Um, I've been baking alone for four or five years now, but I've been like practicing with my dad since I was like two or three. And how old are you now? I'm 12. So you've been baking a good decade. Yeah. And what are some of your favorite things to bake? Cheesecake and chocolate cake, which oh. <laughs> uh, which is, is going to be hard for me. Yeah, you love both of those things. So you competed on Food Network's Kids Baking Championship earlier this year and won. Can you tell us about your winning cake? It was a chocolate cake with cherry filling and mascarpone cheese whipped cream filling. Wait, so your winning cake had both chocolate and cheese? Yes, it did. Oh, my goodness. So this is going to be really hard for you. So before we get into this debate, I want to ask you, do you already have a preference between chocolate or cheese? Well, as a baker, I feel like I'm more biased towards chocolate. But my dad's from Wisconsin, so (laughs) 50% of my DNA is made of cheese. So I can be swayed either way. Well, let's meet our debaters. Here to rep all things cheesy, it's king of the curds, the wizard of whey, the big cheese himself, Dan Pashman. Hey, Molly. Hey, Paige. Hi, Dan. Hello there. Paige, should I be calling you your honor? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Objection. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you for having me in your court, your honor. Well, Dan is the host of a delightful food podcast called The Sporkful. And Dan, in just one sentence, why is Team Cheese going to be crowned the smash boom best today? Well, I think that my argument, like cheese, will be full of nuance and depth, whereas (laughs) Francis's argument will be more like one of those chocolate Easter bunnies. That's more than one sentence. (laughs) It It has a lot of commas in it, and I'm still going. Your chocolate Easter bunny will be pretty to look at, Francis, but ultimately empty inside. Oh. oh. That actually hurts on a personal level. Oh, Dan is Parmesan it. Sorry for that. Okay, well, let's say hello to Dan's fierce opponent, a lover of all sweet and savory chocolatey treats and their taste bud charming ways. It's Francis Lamb. Hi, Francis. Hey, Molly. Hey, Paige. Paige, where did you want me to send that chocolate? Let me know after. Right? See, straight to bribery. He doesn't. He knows his argument can't hold up on its own. See that? <laughs> uh, 
Well, Francis is the host of another food show we love called The Splendid Table. So, Francis, in a single sentence, why is chocolate cooler than cheese? Well, look, my kid loves cheese, but when she sees chocolate, she turns into a zombie-seeing brains, so it's just science. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can't beat science. So before we kick off this foodie feud, let's review the flow of the show. Every Smash Boom Battle has four rounds, and Paige will mark down a point after each round for either Team Cheese or Team Chocolate. But she won't reveal the winner until the end of the debate. Listeners at home, you can keep score too. You can make your own score sheet with some scratch paper or go download one from smashboom.org. We'll get started with our first round at the Declaration of Greatness, when both sides have a chance to present all the coolest facts, figures, and lore about their side. And both debaters have a chance to make a rebuttal. The second round is the micro round, a creative challenge they've prepared for in advance. Next, it's the sneak attack, a surprise challenge to keep our debaters on their toes. And the last round is the final six, when both sides have six more words to win page over. And if there's a tie, we'll go to sudden death. All right, I hope everyone came hungry because it's time for our first round. Declaration of Greatness. Both debaters will have the floor to present their declarations without interruptions. We flipped a coin, and Team Cheese is up first. Dan has prepared the perfect cheese board of facts, figures, and logical arguments. Let's hear it. Molly, your honor, thank you for having me. (laughs) Look, I'm not here to insult chocolate, okay? I love chocolate. Chocolate and I go way back together. But chocolate is not nearly as good as cheese. You ever had a grilled chocolate sandwich? No. Pizza with chocolate on top? Of course not. Mac and chocolate? Where do you find chocolate? Cookies, cake, ice cream, you know, dessert. The problem with that is that, as much as I know it sounds awesome, you can't live on dessert. It's not good for you, and it would get boring. They're called treats for a reason. But cheese is good around the clock. It can be for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. It can be an afternoon snack. It can even be served after dinner, like a dessert. That's how they do it in France. And part of the reason why you can eat cheese any time of day or night is that it has so much variety. Cheese can be sweet or salty or tart, hard or soft or crumbly, creamy or dry. You can put it on sandwiches and salads and dips and desserts. And a lot of that variety has to do with how it's made. To explain, I'd like to introduce my friends, Little Miss Muffet and Spider. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. So, guys, how do you make cheese? Have you ever gone to pour milk into your cereal, and when you tip the carton, instead of milk coming out, you get clumps? Totally. Those are curds. The milk is curdled. Milk has a sugar in it called lactose. Bacteria like to eat that lactose, and when they do, they produce lactic acid. The acid makes the milk curdle. To make cheese, you do that on purpose by taking milk and adding bacteria and an enzyme called rennet. Ew, bacteria! A lot of bacteria is totally harmless, and some of it is even good for you. Cheese wouldn't have its wonderful flavor without bacteria. Got it. So take milk and add bacteria and enzymes, and then you have cheese? Not yet. Now you have two parts, the more solid curds and a watery liquid called whey. I like to eat my curds and whey together, preferably while sitting on a tuffet. That's when I like to sneak up on her and scare her. (laughs) She always freaks out and drops her curds and whey. It's hilarious. Anyway, to make cheese, you remove the whey and add some salt to the curds, which helps to make the cheese more solid. 
You press the curds together into a block, and then you may age it, coat it with seasonings or even more bacteria, or other organisms that alter the flavor. There you go with your bacteria again. You're too gross for me. I'm going to go eat some flies. Wow, thanks, Miss Muffet. You're quite welcome. Back to my Tuffet. So what have we learned? Cheese is made from milk. And because there are so many kinds of milk in the world, we have so many different kinds of cheese. There's cow's milk, goat's milk, sheep's milk. You can make cheese using milk from horses, buffalo, camels, yaks, reindeer. You think Santa likes milk and cookies? Turns out he likes crackers with reindeer cheese. Ho, ho, ho. It's grassy, yet mild. There's even cheese made from donkey milk. Hey, donkey, why is cheese better than chocolate? That is a great point. But Francis says chocolate's better. Oh, man, I can't wait to tell Francis you said that about him. Bye, donkey. Now let's talk about one of the best, most wonderful cheeses in the whole world. American cheese. You know, the yellow cheese that comes in square slices, sometimes wrapped in plastic? It is the best melting cheese on the planet. Some people don't like American cheese because it's processed and lots of processed foods aren't so good for you. But the word processed can mean a lot of different things. There are these super fancy chefs who do a thing called molecular gastronomy and their food's processed. They use processing to make things like frozen cheese foam. People pay a lot of money for it, too. And these chefs, they love to use one of the main ingredients in American cheese, sodium citrate. And that's what makes the cheese melt so well. And yeah, American cheese has yellow coloring. The color comes from annatto, which comes from a tree. To quote the chef and food science guru Kenji Lopez-Alt, never trust anyone who thinks they're too good for American cheese, for they know not what a good burger is. In closing, you could probably eat a different kind of cheese every day for the rest of your life, and you would never run out of cheeses. Think about how amazing that is, how these very basic ingredients combined with a little science can create so many delicious flavors. I think it was Shakespeare who said, what a piece of work is cheese. How noble in reason, how infinite in faculty. If music be the food of love, play on. And my friend here agrees. I rest my case. Wow, a scrumptiously stinky smorgasbord of cheese facts. Paige, what did you think about Dan's declaration? What stood out to you? Well, all of the facts about American cheese, honestly. Did you come into it liking American cheese? I'm on the border. I'm more towards the liking of it, but I'm on the fence. So did this persuade you that you should give it a shot? Yeah. Excellent. Well, we are going to let Team Chocolate respond in a 30-second rebuttal. Francis, your time starts now. Look, I know this is a debate, but I just don't understand why Dan has to be so intent on dogging chocolate. He could just be talking about how great cheese is. Like, I'm a lover, not a fighter. (laughs) I know we're supposed to be opposed to each other and we're supposed to be, you know, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to talk badly about cheese. I want to talk about the beauty of chocolate. I mean, a grilled chocolate sandwich, which he presented as a ridiculous thing, sounds really good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like someone's going to come up to you and be like, hey, check out this grilled chocolate sandwich. And, and you'd be like, time. no. <laughs> Paige was nodding her head. She thinks a grilled chocolate sandwich sounds good. I would eat it. <laughs> Snow grilled cheese. <laughs> 
Well, Francis, now it is time for you to show your love of chocolate. So you have plenty of time now in your declaration of greatness. Take it away for Team Chocolate. Okay, so picture this. It's raining. You're curled up with a blanket, a good book, maybe a friend, a roaring fire. And just when it seems the day couldn't get any better... What is that intoxicating, delicious, beautiful smell wafting out of the kitchen? That's right, it's chocolate. Your cozy day in is about to become perfect because a fresh tray of gooey chocolate brownies is headed your way. Mmm. And really, what activity isn't better with chocolate? Watching a movie? Check. Roasting marshmallows over a fire? Of course. Riding a bike? For sure. I mean, assuming you keep your eyes on the road. Chocolate is delicious, portable, and super versatile. It's a snack, a dessert, and a key ingredient in plenty of tasty main dishes. And when you eat it or cook with it, you join the rich history of Team Chocolate. Back in 1984, a team of archaeologists were in a dig in Guatemala when they made an incredible discovery. Hey! Hey, everyone! I think I found something! They unearthed a tomb built by the Maya people over 1,500 years ago. Whoa, check out the drawings on the walls. And these beads. Nice! But the thing that really intrigued them were the ceramic pots that had been sealed inside the tomb. There was one particular that they brought out of the tomb that was amazing. It was painted and it had a lid on it that was like a screw top lid. And no one had ever seen a Maya ceramic like this before. The other cool thing about this vessel is that it had hieroglyphs on it. That's professor of art history and archaeology, David Stewart. And at the time, he was just a high school senior. But he was already so knowledgeable about the Mayan language that he had been hired to help decipher whatever hieroglyphs or glyphs they found on this expedition. The Mayan language isn't written in any alphabet that's around today. It's written with a set of beautiful, intricate little squares, and each square is full of symbols. So you need to be an expert to read it. An expert like David. So they sent him a photo of this pot. I was very excited. There were a couple of glyphs that I said, well, you know, those are readable. We can actually read those words. And the word was cacao. And that may sound familiar because cacao is a Maya word that we use in English. We usually say cocoa, uh, and it's essentially the word for chocolate. And inside the pot, there were some leftovers. The archaeologists thought the dried-up residue inside the pot could confirm Stewart's theory. And so a very funny thing happened. The archaeologist in charge said... Well, let's send it to the people who really know chocolate. Let's send it to the Hershey Labs. Hershey, as in Hershey's Kisses. Hershey, as in the Hershey Company. Some Hershey's chemists agreed to run some tests on the pot. And they determined that it was indeed chocolate. At the time, that was the oldest chocolate that had ever been found. But this discovery led researchers to test for chocolate residue and other artifacts. And now we have proof that people were eating chocolate as far back as 2,600 years ago. These ancient chocolate lovers had never heard of candy bars. Instead, they preferred to drink their chocolate. They mixed it with chili peppers and other spices, so it probably had a kick. But Mayans did more than just eat chocolate. 
This delicious food was so important to them that it was part of ceremonies like weddings, sacrifices, and even funerals. And that's how it ended up in the tomb in the first place. Cacao beans were so valuable back then that the Mayans and their neighbors, the Aztecs, used it as currency. Can you imagine using cheese as money? One avocado, please. No problem. That'll be one wheel of your most powerfully aromatic cheese. Here you go. You can take that stink to the bank. Chocolate isn't just a mind-blowingly tasty treat. It's also good for you. That's right. My favorite type of chocolate, dark chocolate, can reduce blood pressure, risk of heart disease, and even protect your skin from harmful UV rays. And while I'm not going to tell you cheese is flat out bad for you, I will say that over half the world, half the people in the world, are lactose intolerant, which means they can't have cheese. And yes, there are some people who are allergic to chocolate, but it's only like 15% of the population. So I'm betting most people in the world are on team chocolate. But don't fact check me on that. Man, all this chocolate talk has me kind of hungry. I think I'm going to pick out a recipe for later. Chocolate chip cookies, mole poblano, brownies, double fudge ice cream, cocoa rub baby back ribs, molten chocolate lava cake. Okay, okay. Dinner at my place, 8 o'clock, and you are invited, Paige. I am hosting a feast in honor of the best food of all time. Chocolate. (laughs) Oh, a very delicious time-traveling declaration of greatness for chocolate. So, Paige, what stood out for you in Francis's argument? Probably that there were people in in the 1980s who went to a a Mayan tomb and they found chocolate that's like 1,500 years old. It's really, really incredible. Well, Dan, it's your turn to make an extra sharp rebuttal. Mm. You have 30 (laughs) seconds, and that time starts now. Look, Your Honor, as I said, (laughs) chocolate's delicious. We all agree on that. And... But the thing I want to point out to you is that all that history that Francis just told us, yeah, it was really interesting, but it didn't answer the question. The fact that chocolate has a very interesting history doesn't in itself make it better than cheese. So that was, again, it was like his Easter bunny. Again, very pretty on the outside, a bright, shiny object meant to distract you. But when you really think and crack it open, you find that it is empty on the inside. How were you raised, Dan? (laughs) I got a lot of empty chocolates, Francis, and they scarred me very deeply, okay? How were you raised? All right, Paige, you have heard both sides make their case, and now it's time to award a point for this first round. You can take a minute to mull it over, think about who had the best facts, the most interesting new things that you learned. Who convinced you that chocolate or cheese is the coolest? Don't say it out loud, but have you awarded a point? I have. Excellent. So it's marked down on the score sheet. We're going to give our debaters a break to refuel with a tasty snack of their choosing, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with three more rounds of Smash Boom Best. You're watching State of Debate, home to rage and rhetoric and awe-inspiring argumentation. Todd Douglas here with 17-time debate champ Taylor Lincoln. Bonjour, my dears. I just got back from a ballet recital in Montreal, where I captured a shocking debate faux pas between two girls watching the show. Faux pas is a French word for a big old blunder. Let's go to the show. I wonder when Timmy is going to do a solo. He is the best dancer. Timmy is not the best dancer. There's no way. Boys don't even do ballet. Not true. 
Boys do do ballet all the time. Little Lillian just made a big logical fallacy. A logical fallacy is a weak argument that's really easy to poke holes in. And her claim that boys don't do ballet is a hasty generalization. That's when you make a sweeping statement about something without any evidence. Here's some evidence Lillian forgot about. One of the most famous ballet dancers of all time was a man. Mikhail Baryshnikov. Exactly. And little Timmy turned out to be the most impressive ballet dancer in the whole show. Oh my gosh, he is good. See, I told you. Go, Timmy! Just goes to show, hasty generalizations are never on point. Ha ha! Nope. No, they're not, Teeler. Tune in next time for State State of of Debate. Debate. Smash Boom Best. You're listening to Smash Boom Best, the show about showdowns. Today, I want to share a wonderfully whimsical debate idea from a listener named Margaret. My debate idea is fairies versus princesses. Stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear more from Margaret. And now, back to our delicious debate. It's a chocolate versus cheese showdown. Yep, we have heard a whole lot of compelling stuff from our debaters, Dan and Francis, but this debate is nowhere near over. On to our second round. Micro round. Today's micro round challenge is international holiday. We asked Dan and Francis to dream up a holiday devoted to their side. What's it called? What are the traditions, stories, and decorations associated with this special day? Tell us about your new favorite holiday and how you celebrate. Dan went first in round one, so Francis, you're up. Tell us about your day-long tribute to chocolate. All right, so once a year, chocolate lovers around the world, so most people gather to celebrate the rich, delicious decadence of our favorite food on the best day of the year, Chocopalooza, which, yes, is a national holiday in every single country. No work and no school. And I remember the Chocopaloozas of my youth, (laughs) where I'd wake up to the smell of fresh hot chocolate and race out to see the cacao tree in the living room. The tree's scientific name is Theobroma cacao, which means food of the gods. And then we head to the Chocopalooza market, where instead of money... You use cacao beans. Every year, my family sits for a portrait. And one of the local artists carves a life-size sculpture of our likeness. I'll never forget the year they made my grandfather out of dark chocolate and chili. He was delicious. (laughs) But empty inside. Dan, your aggression will not stand. (laughs) Plus, I'm about to sing. Oh, great. The hymns. The hymns of this holiday. Oh, cocoa tree, oh, cocoa tree, much pleasure doth thou bring me. Oh, cocoa tree, oh, cocoa tree, much pleasure doth thou bring me. That was very nice, Francis. That was beautiful, Francis. <laughs> that was yeah. Yeah. hit song right there. was very nice. I'm a little worried that your holiday has a lot of trademark infringement in it, but... <laughs> <laughs> Paige, would you take school off to celebrate Chocapalooza? Absolutely. Yes. Paige well, that's is a loaded sold. question. I would take a day off to do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jan. Well, now it's your turn. How do you and yours celebrate the charms of cheese? I'm glad you asked, Molly. <laughs> as long as I can remember, my family has celebrated Curdling Day. 
Because as we just learned, cheese is made by curdling milk on purpose. Oh, what a joyous day is curdling day. The day before, you prepare by decorating the house. You take slices of Swiss cheese and run strings through the holes, joining them together to make streamers. You can hang them all over the place, in town, along the highway. <laughs> then, overnight, the cheesemonger comes. Legend has it she's eaten every type of cheese on the planet and carries them all with her wherever she goes. When you wake up on curdling day, your fridge has four different cheeses that the cheesemonger brought you. The four types of cheese you should have on any cheese platter. Something old, something new, something stinky, and something blue. Everyone gets a different group of four. Of course, you take the cheeses out and let them sit for an hour or two to come to room temperature. Because at room temp, cheese has more flavor and aroma. Then everyone comes out of their houses with whatever the cheesemonger brought them, and we have the feast of the four cheeses. It's a special time to be together and eat lots of cheese. To mark the occasion, everyone takes family photos, and we all say, cheese, because <laughs> we like cheese. Happy curdling day, everyone. <laughs> Happy curdling day to you, Dan. Sounds yes. like a delicious holiday. It does. Paige, you going to add it to your calendar? Yes. We're not going to pretend it's creepy this person has everyone's keys in their house. <laughs> just like walk around and like show up in your fridge. Everyone leaves their, their house unlocked, Francis. You would too if you knew you were getting four free cheeses. <laughs> All right, Paige. It's judging time again. Listeners, you can always press pause if you need to talk about it. Paige, have you marked down a point for this micro round? I have. Was it a tough decision? Yes, mm. very tough. It's a close one. All right, let's move along to round three, the <laughs> sneak attack. This round is designed to keep our debaters on their toes so they have no idea what's coming. Drum roll, please. Your challenge is... Thank you, Paige. Let's get quizzical. Sharpen your pencils and get ready to make some educated guesses because it's time for a good old-fashioned pop quiz. We want both of you to write three multiple-choice questions about your side, and then we're going to take turns quizzing your opponent. And how you judge this round is totally up to you, Paige. You could judge them based on the creativity of the questions, how many they answer correctly, or whatever other criteria makes sense to you. Got it, Paige? Got it. All right, debaters, we're going to give you a couple minutes to write your pop quizzes while we enjoy some lovely hold music. When I'm sad, here's what I do. I eat chocolate treats. Woohoo! Devil's food, mole, brownies, all for me. Stinky brie or cheddar that bites. Gooey nacho, parmesan delights. Floating on a creamy cloud of cheesy dreams. Okay, Francis and Dan, have you put the finishing touches on your pop quizzes? I have. I'm ready. Excellent. Dan, you're up first. Let's see if Francis is any gouda at cheesy trivia. Oh. <laughs> oh, so good. Okay, Dan, your first question. Francis, earlier I talked about how fancy molecular gastronomy chefs use some of the same additives that make American cheese so good, right? So here's my question. Which of the following is not a real dish made by molecular gastronomy chefs? Ooh. Which of the following is not a real dish? Number one, carrot air. Number two, glass potato chips. Number three, cell phone made of cheese. <laughs> 
I have almost certainly eaten something that someone called carrot air. <laughs> I have never heard or seen glass potato chips, and that sounds frankly dangerous, but I can also imagine a chef making that up. And the last one, cell phone made of cheese. Uh, the latest trend in restaurants is to give you a box, in like fancy restaurants, is to give you a box to put your cell phone away so you would not mm. be tempted to use your cell phone. So I'm going to guess no one has made the cell phone made of cheese. Is he that correct? is correct, Francis. Oh, no one yet. No one yet. <laughs> I've right. heard one of day glass potato chips before. You have? Have you had yeah. one? No. They take the potato starch. Exactly. Um, see, Paige, man, you're, I had to Google that to learn about that. You're way ahead of me. <laughs> All right, Francis, let's hear your first question for Dan. Dan, when you see a number, a percentage on a chocolate bar, does it refer to A, the amount of actual cocoa in the chocolate, B, how bitter the chocolate is, C, how good of a person you are on the inside, <laughs> or D, all of the above? <laughs> um, I believe the answer is A. It is the percent of cocoa. That is correct. <gasps> yes. Nicely done. All right, Dan, let's hear your second question for Francis. What is the best shape to fold a slice of American cheese into? Ooh. <laughs> is it A, a triangle mosaic? <laughs> B, a unicorn? <laughs> C, a basketball? Or D, all of the above? Uh, I believe American cheese is special among the cheeses in that regardless of form, shape, or appearance it takes, it is always delicious. So I'm going to go with D, all of the above. You are correct. Whatever shape you're folding your American <laughs> cheese into, if you're folding it and having fun, you're doing it right. <laughs> yeah. All right, Francis, let's hear your second question. If you were going to grow a cacao tree... Would you want to plant it in A, Ecuador, because it's hot and sunny year-round, B, Disney World, because all the kid energy is good for the plant, or C, Canada, because people are earnest and chill? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an expert in cocoa plants, but I know that they tend to grow in more tropical areas and not where kids are constantly trampling them. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Ecuador. Very good, Dan. Thank you. All right, Dan, let's hear your final question for Francis. When you make a cheeseburger, where should the American cheese be placed? On top of the burger or under the burger? The condiments that you want to taste the most strongly, you have to put closer to the bottom slice of bread. So if you want mayonnaise on a sandwich, you put it on the bottom slice of bread because when you bite into it, that's what's going to hit your tongue the first. So my answer is, it depends on what you want. Mm. If you want more cheesy mm. taste in your cheeseburger, you should put it under the burger. Ooh. If you want less cheesy taste in the cheeseburger, you should put it on top of the burger. I will defer to uh, her honor to determine whether or not that is correct. <laughs> I disagree with both of your options because I am Minnesota. You're going to put it in the burger because yes. you're in Minnesota. Yes. Oh, you're going to make, you make me a juicy Lucy. Uh, you're going <laughs> to make me a juicy Lucy. Okay. Yes. The correct answer is C, inside the burger. <laughs> 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 yep. The Minnesotans in the studio agree. Yes. All right, Francis, let's hear your final question for Dan. When you mount chocolate and cool it back down... It, A, turns back exactly the way it was before, B, stays molten, or C, solidifies but in a weird way? Um, 
Hmm, this has happened to me because I love around the holidays. I'm a big fan of Buckeyes. You know those, like, are they cookies? I think it's like peanut butter balls dipped in right. chocolate. Yeah. And chocolate, right. Delicious. Right. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah, it's very good. I mean, the only thing that could make it better would be the addition of some cheese. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I love it. It's a peanut butter ball dipped in chocolate, and you got to heat the chocolate so it gets melty. But then sometimes if I don't work quickly enough, the chocolate starts to solidify again. But it does not go back to its original form. It turns kind of gloopy in a way that is solid but different and weird. So I will go with the final option. That is correct. Yes. Excellent work, both of you. Thank you. So, Paige, now you award one point for whichever team you think did better in this pop quiz sneak attack. Judging criteria up to you. Creativity. Style. Accuracy. Okay. Oh, she did it. I did it. All right. Well, ready or not, it's time for the final six. Our final round is short and sweet and sometimes quite cheesy. Both sides will present final <laughs> statements of six words or less. Francis, you're up first. Let's hear your final six for Team Chocolate. Only three words. Chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> that was That bold. was six words if you count only three words. <laughs> that was the point. Thanks for explaining the joke. <laughs> All right, Dan, it's your last chance to win Page Over. Please present us with your final six for Team Cheese. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, cheese, victory. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Paige, the moment has come to award the final point. Listeners, mull it over at home. Have you marked down your final point? I have. <gasps> okay, it's time for the big reveal. Which of these decadent, delicious, decidedly drill-worthy foods are you crowning the Smash Boom Best? Sudden death. Oh, it's a no. tie. <laughs> all right. Well, it all comes down to the sudden death round. Sudden death. Your sudden death challenge is mystery box. Paige is going to draw three ingredients from a hat, and it's your job to combine those ingredients with either chocolate, Francis, or cheese, Dan, to make a mouth-watering dish. You'll have access to basic pantry items like butter, olive oil, salt, pepper, flour, eggs, baking soda, etc., so don't fret. Use your culinary imagination to convince Paige your team deserves the title of Smash Boom Best. All right, Paige, pick three ingredients. First one. We should note for the record that Francis is a trained chef, and I am not. <laughs> lemon. Okay, so your first ingredient is lemon. Okay. Second ingredient? Bacon. Bacon. Mm. Shredded coconut. Mm, all right. <laughs> so you both have to come up with a dish involving lemon, bacon, and shredded coconut, and your side. Francis, you're up first for this sudden death challenge. What is your recipe? Okay, we're going to make a very basic ice cream. Mm. No flavor in the ice cream because what we're going to do is we're going to take the bacon, we're going to cook the bacon until it's crispy, and then we put in sugar or maybe brown sugar to candy the bacon. Then we're going to take that candied bacon and then dip it in chocolate. Mm. So you have chocolate-covered candy bacon that you're going to fold into this ice cream. We're going to make the ice cream into a ball, and then we're going to dip that whole ball into more chocolate, and then on that shell, we're going to sprinkle the shredded coconut and just a little bit of lemon zest. What would you call this dish? Paige's ice cream. 
<laughs> nice work. All right, Dan, let's hear your cheese dish. Bacon and cheese go well together. Uh, uh, that's like a no-brainer. But they're both kind of fatty, right? The lemon is going to cut that fat. And then you get shredded coconut is going to add texture, okay? Because I'm going to toast that coconut. What I'm going to do is I'm going to make a very decadent entree salad. Mm. I'm going to use some nice, crispy, cool lettuce. I'm going to take cubes of bacon that I'm going to fry up so that they get nice and crispy, but they're still tender on the inside. I'm going to shave a nice, sharp cheese on there. Let's say Parmesan. Maybe maybe I'll sprinkle some Pecorino Romano on there to get that kind of funk in there. I'll get a nice lemon vinaigrette that's going to be acidic. And then you're going to have the shredded coconut on top, and you're going to have everything. You're going to have everything you could possibly want in every single bite. And what is the name of your salad? Francis's salad. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Because I just served him his lunch. (laughs) That sounds delicious. So, Paige, you have two delicious options to choose from. Either Paige's ice cream from Team Chocolate or Francis's salad from Team Cheese. It all comes down to this. This is hard. It is hard. All right. She has awarded the final point. Oh, this is so intense. Paige, who is the winner of this chocolate versus cheese battle? The winner is chocolate. Oh, congratulations, Francis and Team Chocolate. Congratulations, Francis. It was a very, it was a very tough game. Nice work. Good game. Let the record reflect we're shaking hands. <laughs> Dan, I thought that was great. I really love cheese and you made me love cheese even more. This debate will continue on our website, smashboom.org, where you can cast your vote. Tell us who you think won today. Smash Boom Best is a creation of the people at Brains On and American Public Media. It's produced by Mark Sanchez, Sandin Totten, Molly Bloom, Alyssa Dudley, and Rosie DuPont. We had engineering help from Corey Shreppel and Sarah Bouguer. And we had production help from Manica Wilhelm, Christina Lopez, and Lauren D. We want to give a special thanks to Justin Koo, Austin Cross, Taylor Kaufman, Melanie Renee, Jeffrey Bisoy, Karen Samora, Will Logger, Marceline Mosier, Laura Ewan, and Ariana Giles. Francis, is there anyone you want to thank today? I want to thank you. <laughs> I want to thank Paige. I want to thank Dan for coming in and being a good sport. And I want to thank my family. I want to thank my kid. And I can't wait to come home and feed you chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) And Dan, how about you? Anyone you want to thank today? I want to thank you, Molly and Paige and you, Francis. And also want to thank my wife, Janie, and my daughters, Becky and Emily, for being awesome and for helping me prepare for this debate. And we'd love it if you could recommend some sporkful episodes for our listeners to check out. Yeah, um, we did one recently with Bill Nye, the science guy, where we learned about why smashing bananas makes them taste sweeter, among many other things. Uh, And we did one all about the uses of jelly in music throughout history. Many references to jelly. And that episode culminates with us writing and performing an original song about jelly. Oh, yes. Everyone check those out. And Paige, uh, do you have any special shout outs today? I would like to thank my mom, who's here with me. I would like to thank my dad and my sister and my dogs. And there is a new season of Kids Baking Championship Season 7 on right now. So go watch it. And before we sign off, let's hear from Margaret again. She's the listener who suggested the fairies versus princesses debate. I think fairies would win because they can fly and princesses put too much makeup on. (laughs) Do you have an amazing matchup idea? You can share it with us at smashboom.org. We'll be back next week with another epic showdown. See you later. See you later.
Got slapped by the judge, dog. <laughs> slapped. <laughs> <laughs>